The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max here, as it's been about an hour since the Monday Night Football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos has finished, and we'll get to that game in just a little bit. Uh, When you're listening to this, it's either Halloween or later, so are you going to do anything uh, for Halloween there, Eric? I got my pirate costume all ready for work, and if I wind up tutoring after work, well, somebody's going to be learning statistics from a pirate. You gonna do it in character? I don't know. There aren't enough R's in statistics lingo for me to really emphasize it, so I'm gonna have to improvise in that case. Uh, that should be fun, though. I think I would want to see you uh, trying to do tutoring with uh, with that. So, Knowing my alma mater, there would be pictures. <laughs> Need to make it happen. Need to make it happen then. So, yeah, Naya is going to dress as Supergirl, and they're going to have trick-or-treating at the... At the school, uh, no apparently that that church that my mom and her go to, they're not doing something, which is weird. Usually, they try to do that whole, "Hey, let's get everybody to meet here, so you don't go outside trick or treating." They're not even doing that, so I don't know if they're gonna do. If uh, I don't think she's doing anything aside from school, out of respect for my mom's wishes of her not particularly caring for Halloween and thinking it's awful. So, well, not I'm, to mention it's on a Tuesday. Now, granted, if I had money, I would gladly go out in character, get drunk, attend a burlesque show that I want to, but unfortunately, money. <laughs> yeah, hey, money is a big factor in all this, you know, even in deciding if you're going to give the kids that come to your house candy or not, which is always why I just say no, because you happen to catch you five days before my food stamps roll over, so I really have no. Uh, food money to be using uh, at the moment. Anyway, enough about what we're doing here. Uh, there will be no NFL games on Halloween as it happened to fall the day before. So 
there was a thing called a AFC West showdown here on Monday Night Football with the Kansas City Chiefs winning uh, over the Denver Broncos. Broncos tried to make it a game in the second half. They failed at doing so thanks to Trevor Simeon making yes. bad errors. <laughs> and the that Chiefs Northwestern spirit, Trevor. <laughs> you and the hating on Northwestern. Simple, they're not a football school. They're a journalism school with a football team. Yep, somehow they beat Michigan State on the weekend. Don't even get me started on that one. That's just one of those random flukes that they do. Just to remind everybody, hey, we exist here in Evanston, Illinois. Yay! (laughs) Lots of field goals for Harrison Butker as the red zone... Offensive play calling still continues to boggle the mind for Andy Reid. But aside I mean, from that, yeah, go ahead. Didn't, didn't he, you know, hire someone like an offensive coordinator to do that? So it's basically their job to call effective plays in the proper situations. Yes, but Andy Reid, I think, is still the one that calls most of the plays or is still the one that can veto play calling. And he chooses Andy, not Andy, to. Andy, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. When you get inside the 20-yard line, hand the headset to somebody else. Because clearly, somebody else knows better of what they're doing. He, he's getting a little too cute sometimes. Uh, and then also you just had, you know, Alex Smith would make a bad throw. Or... You know, the runner wouldn't get in or whatever it was. But you it, at least try. Try. This isn't even emphasis of trying. Yeah, Kareem Hunt held a pretty uh, un- uh, underwhelming day for him. The Denver Broncos continue to do what they've been doing uh, most of the season, which is hold the running backs down. Uh, forcing you to have to make Alex Smith throw the ball more than he really wants to. And I think that showed, especially in the second half, you did get a lot of those field goals. Denver was in the game, and they had an opportunity on a two-point conversion. Simeon doesn't even give him a shot, just throws it away. I mean, I understand that that's the route there, and maybe Thomas was the only receiver, but... But don't you make it a little bit of a shoulder throw either outside or inside? Because Denver has some pretty tall receivers. Give them an opportunity to at least high point it. You're asking Trevor Simeon to make a throw that apparently he is not good at making because he couldn't, he couldn't do and it this, on that play. And this is why you don't get Northwestern quarterbacks. I just don't, like, I, I understand that, I, I think I have to give credit to Vance Joseph for not pulling the trigger and deciding, okay, we're going to just do what Cleveland does and pull the the quarterback and everything else. I do wonder if you have to start considering, hey, uh, do we need to test out Paxton Lynch? Do we need to test out Brock Osweiler? I would test out Osweiler. You tried Paxton Lynch. Clearly that didn't work. I just feel like at some point here, 
You've kind of seen what Simeon can do. You've been losing. That you're only allowing, you're just allowing the Chiefs to get more wins in that division right now. Uh, you haven't won away from home at all this season. It's just the defense is doing what they're supposed to be doing. I don't understand. You know, at some point, hey, you have to, you have to make a change, or you have to at least put a fire under Trevor Simeon's butt that I've got to play better, or there's going to be a problem here. And that's why Osweiler's back. That's why he needs to start inching his way back onto the field. Because clearly that fire was not lit thanks to Paxton Lynch, who, in Memphis, a basketball school with a football team. Uh, We're going to keep going back to this thing with Northwestern, aren't we? Oh, yes, a journalism school, a basketball school, and a football school. Guess who should be the most apt at being a professional quarterback? Hmm. Everybody yeah, loves Yeah, but I mean, how... I mean, we're talking about Brock Osweiler here. What is he showing? Okay, so Brock Osweiler, I mean, nothing and nothing and nothing means nothing. So you get the biggest piece of nothing that's your best nothing that maybe if you have something long enough, you can turn that nothing into something. Because right now your nothing is becoming even more of a nothing the longer you let it go. That's a lot of nothing. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, encouraging for Denver, though, is they did get back to running the ball. C.J. Anderson had 78 yards. Uh, you had uh, Jamal Charles had some impressive runs except for the fumble that I don't think it was his fault. He got it punched out after he'd been held up for a while there. But still, that was one of the five turnovers that uh, Alex Smith – or not Alex Smith, that, that Chiefs defense forced three intercepts for Trevor Simeon. Two of them – were on chances where he should have just ran the ball for the first down. And then he inexplicably throws against his body on one of them and across the field. I mean, you're just asking for it at that point. Uh, it also didn't start well for considering that that Charles fumble. That's when Marcus Peters ran it back all the way for the touchdown to start the game. So. Well, not only on top of that, but he had no sort of pocket whatsoever thanks to just a continuous rush by Justin Houston, who, knock him on the ground all you want. He will still get back up and find a way to make your life miserable. Yeah, that's that Broncos offensive line is is awful. I mean, Menelik Watkins, or Watson, Menelik Watson, or Walk, whatever. Uh, in the end, does the it right matter? tackle? The right tackle gets beat all the time. I think it's Watson. Uh, all the time, it's constant, just bull rushing him. Garrett Bowles, I know he's a rookie, but he's making mistakes over there on the left tackle side. It's just, it's awful for Simeon, and that may also be another reason why they just don't change the quarterback because. 
how are you going to do anything with this? They they were able to run block well, as I mentioned, but when it comes to pass blocking, just no go. I I don't know. You revamped this offensive line. I get it that Watson's been hurt and and all that and but I mean you got to do better if you're the Broncos yeah, side. You have to do better, and maybe it's time to revamp again. Or your whatever revamp you did, you did it wrong. Because right now, it's just nothing's working. Nothing is working up front. Yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey had another big day again, where Alex Smith is just reading that defense and finding the holes in it. Hashtag Philip Rav. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, the cleats they're mm-hmm. putting his that's a mm-hmm. uh, that's a nice nickname. I don't know where that sits on the you know echelon of nicknames or whatever, but it's good enough for a hashtag. So let's run with it. When do we start putting Harrison Butker in uh, the Rookie of the Year consideration? Now, hashtag butt kicker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean all he does is make field made, goals. I mean, the fact that you've now made what eighteen consecutive field goals after missing your first attempt, and he made what five tonight? Come on! Yep. Uh, I don't know how you can't put him in this. Uh, just. I I don't I I just I am at a loss of words at this point for the Broncos. I mean I think the Chiefs did what they were supposed to do tonight. They got the win. I think if they would have been a little bit more aggressive defensively in the second half, they probably could have gotten more turnovers and had Denver wouldn't have even had a shot uh, because maybe Denver had a shot twice. And Denver they had couldn't... a shot twice, but it's still Trevor Simeon. Oh, no, you're totally right. It's on Trevor Simeon. You throw three interceptions, two of them are which totally your fault. And you're you're putting your team in peril. And, yes, the defense was good enough to keep them to field goals. But still, this is on, this is on him once again. And uh, now the Chiefs get to go play the Cowboys uh, next week. We will talk about a very big decision that came down that is going to help the Chiefs in that matter. And I don't know why I didn't go check what the Broncos are doing right this minute as my computer decides that it wants to just... They are playing the Eagles. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there goes another interception day for the... Can someone say 8-1? Hey, if FanDuel, you better hope and pray that the Eagles' defense is at least going relatively cheap because you're going to want to get them for Sunday. They get the Eagles and Patriots the next two. so, And they're on yeah. Sunday Night Football against the Patriots. So it's... Yay, another yeah. game that I get to skip for something else. Maybe Osweiler will be playing by then, and you get the Osweiler-Brady matchup again. Yay! It'll still be a game I can skip and maybe watch something else. 
Oof. And, oh, and then Ronald Leary has a left bicep injury that he suffered in the game. So he'll be getting an MRI. Multiple weeks, if not probably another season ender given this year. And that's their best lineman. (laughs) The the guy they got from the Cowboys. I mean, (laughs) I, I don't know what else to say, but the way that this this whole division's playing. They're just giving the Chiefs uh, extra cushion at this point. Uh, but yes, let's let's go ahead and move on. Chiefs win comfortably, 29 uh, to 19. The score might look may, make it look like it was closer than it was, but really, uh, it honestly wasn't. Uh, they did have a shot with that two-point conversion at the end to make it interesting, probably get it back with under a minute. But the way Trevor Simeon was playing, I, that wasn't going to happen honestly but all right so they uh the big big decision was handed down during this game actually the new york court uh has decided that there will be no preliminary injunction for ezekiel elliott he will he is right now suspended once again and there is an appeal that could probably happen but we'll have to see what they decide to do yep uh, there's a 24 hour clock that started ticking yes yeah they have 24 hours to figure out whether they want to appeal this again i will not be surprised at all if elliot and his team decide to appeal uh, so here is what the judgment was from uh, Judge Falia. After reviewing the party's comprehensive written submissions and hearing extensive oral argument earlier today, the court concludes that on this record, the NFLPA has failed to demonstrate a substantial question warranting the extraordinary remedy of injunctive relief or a balance of hardships that decidedly weighs in its favor or reasonable minds could differ on the evidentiary re- decisions made by the arbitrator the proceedings in their totality accorded with the CBA and the personal conduct policy and to the extent such an inquiry applies with precepts of fundamental fairness, the arbiter gave Mr. Elliott ample opportunity in terms of both proceedings and evidence to challenge the commissioner's decision before the arbiter. The arbitrator's ultimate decision against Mr. Elliott does not render these proceedings any less fair. Accordingly, the court dissolves the temporary restraining order and that has been in place since October 17, 2017, and denies the NFLPA's motion. So, in layman's terms, with all that in there, basically they did not find enough evidence to say that Elliot will suffer more irreparable harm than the NFL would, and that uh, basically the NFL was fair in how they decided to go about their proceedings. They apparently went through and, and looked at all the stuff with the the person that wasn't allowed to have their testimony uh, that, or their findings put into the arbitration and, and all that stuff. And they looked through and said, uh, that that that's okay. I I don't know what, Elliot would really be appealing at this point. Uh, I feel like once you already have a judge that kind of sided with the 
CBA and the conduct policy, I mean, that looks really thin. But, uh, what do you think? I mean, this seemed inevitable. It, it really did, especially when the news came down earlier today that forced the judge to decide tonight not being able to extend any stay. When you're in that sort of a situation, it is more likely that you get the full suspension. Now, again, there's still that 24-hour golden window where Zeke's camp can appeal. I believe they will. So it's still moving on to the next phase of the situation rather than it just going away in general. But for now, this, unless there's going to be some sort of magic in the appeal process, this is going to affect the Cowboys rather significantly, especially given where they are in the season and their schedule. And now other teams are going to be able to much more freely game plan and there's a lot more blood in the water. Yeah, there certainly is. And I think this was the only case that had an opportunity, and I meant a small opportunity to maybe buck that trend. But it was once Brady already had something substantial put out there in the courts, it was going to be very difficult to ever get fundamental fairness uh, put in. And I w- again, I will not be surprised if the next time we're talking to you on Thursday, they will have filed for an appeal, and we'll see if any of that's granted or it stays the suspension or whatever. But as we've seen in these ga- these last two games, last three games really, Ezekiel Elliott has finally started to become the Zeke of last season. Uh, he did it again against the Redskins. He was the reason that the Cowboys won that game. Uh, just absolutely tiring out uh, the Redskins. 150 yards, two touchdowns on 33 carries, which is the most he's ever had. Uh, Dak didn't have to throw a lot, which is always in the Cowboys' favor. And the Cowboys' first turnovers, uh, the last one probably, uh not making much of a difference at that point, but nice one to have. First one where it's returned for a touchdown since 2015 for the Cowboys. So this is a big blow, big blow for Dallas. You got three division games in this six-week haul that he has to miss, not to mention games against the Falcons, Chiefs uh, as well in there. Just, whew. I don't yeah. know. I mean, what what do you think about the Cowboys' chances here with with Zeke out? And if this were the start of the season, I would have said you get a split. Now, with this, and given the way really their offense has been with Zeke these past couple of games, where he's been getting multiple touchdowns, the Cowboys are going to be lucky if they win twice. And right now, with this big win against Washington, you're now 4-3. and three. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he comes back. You're looking at easily 6-7, and seven, needing to win out to have any hopes of a potential wild card. So, 
it, it, it's starting to look a little bit bleak at Jerry World. That's certainly uh, a way to look at it. I think it, it's very hard to make a case for what this team looks like without Zeke. It's it's not really the offensive line. It's it's him. Uh, it's him and his the way he runs and the everything else that really is is what gets the team going. Yes, the offensive line blocks, but he's running with a lot more assuredness. He's not hesitant. He's being patient as well. And then he just he can make runs without even being touched, which is not something that you can say for an Alfred Morris or for Darren McFadden. Now, Morris is a guy that I think with having more touches uh, than just getting the th- four or five that he gets a game has a better shot at being okay. And mm-hmm. I think McFadden, having been fresh the whole season, uh, not you know he's not being bogged down or anything. You also have a shot there where he could do okay as well. But they're not going to be Zeke. So it's going to put a lot more pressure on Dak to make big plays and pass more. And we've seen these receivers, they have started to really figure out what to do with these receivers. And, and you know, we haven't, I mean, we haven't heard from Cole Beasley. I think he got hurt in the game against Washington as well, if I'm not mistaken. So that means Ryan Switzer now has to step in and do his job, which he hasn't done very much. And, it's you know Terrence Williams. We've heard little of him. Jason Witten gets plays here and there, and Dez was sit there asking, pointing out how many times he'd been thrown to, and this is going to put a lot more on Dez as far as you know, okay, well now you can pick who you want to double, you know, and and you don't have to put so many guys in the box because you're you're playing what you consider lesser running backs, right? The Cowboys now have to go and prove that they can sort of do the same thing. Yeah, I, I think that they can do better. I mean, Redskins and, and Giants, those are winnable games. Uh, I think the Chargers also on Thanksgiving, that's a winnable game without Zeke. So if you go 3-3, three and three, you can be... Uh, Seven and six, and you know, not such a dire situation. You could still be going. Yeah, you probably still have to want to win out, but you you still maybe have a cushion of a game. Uh, I also yeah. think you know we got to remember the Falcons. Even though yes, it's in Atlanta, we got to remember the Falcons are not this hot shot team that they've been. I would honestly say the Falcons is a more winnable game than against the Chargers. I mean, yes, the record is what it is, but at the same time, look at how the Chargers have competed. I mean, they hung tough with the Patriots in Foxborough. Yeah, they did. I mean, but that, that defensive line is a big deal with an offensive line that's not very good in the Patriots compared to an offensive line that is pretty good in the Cowboys. So that's, 
I think that's the important key right there, though. If the offensive line can do their job, you can create problems for that Chargers defense because once you get past that defensive line, it's a lot easier. You know, that's that's what helps that Chargers defense is Bosa, Ingram, those guys are getting at the quarterback constantly. And that's that's what helped the Cowboys in this game against the Redskins who had, a you know, three of their pro, you know, two pro bowlers and and their center missing. And and the Cowboys took advantage. David Irving, two sacks. Uh, DeMarcus Lawrence with another sack. Tyron Crawford had a sack. So, uh, you know, the, the defensive line is rushing the quarterback, getting their things going. Yeah, there was opportunities still because Doxson has been awful. And Terrell Pryor can't catch balls for some reason. Crowder was the only guy that had anything going, and they kind of stopped Thompson for the most part. So it was a, a team effort. you got to give Mike Nugent credit for kicking all those field goals, coming in for, you know, most accurate kicker in NFL history. So it's going to be a, a tough road to hoe, certainly, uh, especially with the Chiefs coming up first. They could make the Cowboys look awful in that, that 425 game on CBS, and that sets you on a – Bad road ahead. Yeah, so. that's going to be extremely ugly, potentially. Extremely ugly. Yeah, it, it's all about if that defensive line can get anything because once you open it up for those that secondary, watch it. Just have a field day there for the Chiefs, but... Yeah, uh, they were not the only ones in the news. The other Texas team made some news uh, today as well because Dwayne Brown comes back, doesn't even play a game, and he's already sent off to make the Seattle Seahawks better. Somehow the Tex, you know, and this the Texans don't care. They're in the NFC. They're not going to play them until you know after, unless they meet in the Super Bowl. So. Well, except for, you know, the week that they they played. But it's just, they played this week. Seattle gets Dwayne Brown. And the Houston Texans get Jeremy Lane, as well as a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Second-round pick in 2019 and a fifth-round pick in 2018. Pretty, uh, pretty good deal, I think, for the Texans who've been without Brown the whole season. So why not? Exactly. Seattle, they came out and said before this week they need a left tackle. They said that they would even trade Jimmy Graham for said left tackle. After the kind of game we saw between those two teams on Sunday, both teams are glad that they didn't have to give up really any major pieces. You think that that game had something to do with Jimmy Graham not, not going? Absolutely. Even though still had some of those critical dropsies, he came back huge. But, I I mean, let's be real. That game potentially could have had 1,000 yards of total offense, 1,200 total yards of offense. It came close. I also forgot to mention, since we're going down the schedule for the Cowboys, those three games that Zeke is going to be back in, Raiders, Seahawks, and Eagles. 
not an easy road at all. Yeah, basically yeah. one and two. Yeah. Well, it depends. You know, a divisional game is a divisional game. So, and, and it depends on, you know, how much is on the line when you get to that game uh, by that point. But, yeah, that's... It's it's going to be difficult any way you slice it, honestly. But, yeah, getting getting back to this thing with Houston, I think this is a really good move for Seattle now. Granted, Dwayne Brown's been out for a while. Uh, so it's going to take him a little bit. It, it's possible that, you know, it might take him a couple weeks to, to get back to form. But let's see if he does. There's no guarantee that he does either. So this may not wind up being such a great trade for Seattle. But I think Houston getting a very good uh, defensive player in Jeremy Lane in return along with the picks. I think that's a a good move for them. And uh, Houston could have used a little bit more defensive help, though, uh, with this game. Because uh, it doesn't help that, you know, Deshaun Watson threw some interceptions. But uh, he did throw. And Russell Wilson uh, as well. They threw for over 1,000 yards, these guys. Not quite. Not, almost. Almost 1,000 yards. But it's still... Yeah. Uh, it's still Ru- crazy. Yeah, Russell Wilson had a career-high 451 for touchdowns. And you look at Deshaun Watson, first player in NFL history to throw for 400 yards four touchdowns, and run for 50 yards in the same game. He wound up with about 415, and yes, unfortunately... He had a 402. 402, jeez, I thought it was higher than that, but... Yeah, and even though, yes, he did have those couple of mistakes, Bill O'Brien doesn't give him the ball on third and four to try to ice the game. I did not understand that again. That's just like the Patriots game. Why are you giving the ball to freaking Lamar Miller? Give the ball to Deshaun on that read. Well, of course, it's also a read option. So Deshaun Watson has to make that decision, right? Deshaun Watson should have made the decision of saying, unless you're seeing everybody go towards you, you have to make the decision going, hey, I've got the hot hand here. I'm the leading rusher right now. I need to go in and make these uh, this la- these last four yards. But I think, you know, and one of the, the, inter- the interceptions was big because it was a pick six by mm-hmm. Watson. Also, one of the interceptions was the last ditch Hail Mary that shouldn't really count uh, towards it, but it does. I think you got to give uh, Russell Wilson credit on the other end because right now nobody really talks about Russell Wilson. He's quietly, again, having another one of his great years. And he he's sitting there running around every play, but he makes plays still. And, well, and it's incredible to watch. Well, like the saying goes, winners always want the ball when the game is on the line. Why no? And why nobody's talking about Russell Wilson? He played at NC State, then Wisconsin, and he's only an inch or two taller than me. You I don't, don't think that's the reason him. nobody's talking about him. I think it's just people kind of just, eh, he's whatever. He's not old. No. And he's not, he's not a young rookie either, so he kind of just gets forgotten in the whole 
hype behind some of these guys. I feel like. Well, but but again, that's part of it. You always talk about one quarterback or another. Oh, he's tall. Oh, he's fast. Oh, he's got an arm. Russell Wilson's short, not the fastest, decent arm, but not great. But nobody talks about him because a lot of stuff he does is hard work and intangibles. Hard work and intangibles. Hey, and that's what you need sometimes in this league. But yeah, every time the Texans were going to uh, did something, the Seahawks had an answer. And that's pretty much what, what this came down to. It was the Seahawks having the ball at the end. And with 21 seconds left, Jimmy Graham gets that touchdown to put it out of reach. So I think it's you got to give the Seahawks credit here, who are still trailing the Rams, and Houston probably could have used this win to to keep in keep in there with the Jags and and Titans. But honestly, the way that division goes, Houston really should be owning it. Uh, at this point, or at least be in a battle with the Jags. Titans have looked not so good, and the Colts, uh, as we'll get into later, just keep finding ways to lose games, honestly. And finding ways to lose games and possibly finding ways to lose a receiver. Yeah. Uh, Are we still talking about that news that's not been news yet? Okay. Uh, So... I think I do think again I need to mention that Wolf Fuller makes this team go. He got a touchdown in this game. He is super quick and then DeAndre Hopkins being himself getting over two hundred and twenty four yards. Insane on eight catches. The man just needed a quarterback that can get him the ball. Now he, he has one and now he can make those explosive Catches and runs for touchdowns like he does. Sure can. Sure can. So Seahawks win one or win another game here. They now jump to the top of the standings thanks to their win over the Rams. And, yeah, all all is right, I guess, back in the NFC West. But, hey, we're not done talking about the NFC West because one of the biggest trades of this season happened. Before the game, Jimmy Garoppolo traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a second round pick. About damn time. It's crazy to think they wouldn't trade him to the Browns. And because early, in, in the offseason... But they'll trade him to the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan where he could actually go and do some damage. Not not to the Patriots, but... Exactly. Yeah. He wouldn't do damage to the Patriots either way. They just they care enough about the kid, the fact that they can still make their economical trade and not commit career homicide. I mean, really... You may as well fly me up. Well, plus, you know, Belichick did coach for the Browns. Exactly. With thanks to the wonderful quarterback that was Vinny Testaverde. Whoop-de-doo. 
He knows what a dumpster fire that is. Hell, you could fly me up to Cleveland and start me a quarterback and get the same results. <laughs> I don't know that it's that. I'll take close, the but... I'll take the league minimum. Hell, a couple hundred grand. I get to say I played in an NFL game and get a good ass whooping. I, I that's a good story. <laughs> Really, what is the difference? Yeah, Brian Hoyer was included in the trade at one point, but because of uh, compensatory pick reasons, he was left out. So he got released, and it looks like the Patriots are going to wind up picking up Hoyer uh, to back up Brady there in New England, since they'll need a backup now, because both Brissett and Garoppolo potentially Garoppolo going to be both those Patriots quarterbacks are going to be starting for teams. Amazing. In the same year, how that works is crazy. Probably not going to play in this first game coming up. Who knows? Maybe they're that desperate. They'd say he's still better than he is still better than CJ Beathard, even if he doesn't have a total grasp on the offense. But now it's time to put up or shut up if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. You got the full rest of the season to prove that, uh, you know, put your money where all the hype has been. Or your, exactly. Your... You could prove, hey, are you going to be the guy who really should have been the heir apparent? Or are you going to be Matt Castle? Uh, well, hey, again, I'd still say Matt Castle was okay for a couple of years in Kansas City. Remember, he took him to the playoffs. And then uh, what happened? He fell off a cliff. Oh, uh, yeah, he fell off a cliff after that, but still. Uh, I don't think we need to talk too much about this game concerning the 49ers uh, just to get them out of the way here. The yeah. Wentz, Wentz throws two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Mills has a pick six, and C.J. Beathard throws another interception on top of that. He did throw a touchdown, but it didn't really mean much at that point. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it did. It was only 27, but uh, the Eagles quickly jumped out to a 33-7 to lead, and then it was uh, all a bunch about nothing. Carson Wentz winds up having a decent day, not one of his best, but he was efficient enough with the two touchdowns and the defense playing well uh, that he didn't need to be. Still, a, I'd still say a very good performance by an Eagles team. Oh, of course, it's a great performance by an Eagles team, and the Niners had their last game with a corn-fed quarterback. That's all you really need to know, and then it's... Oh, still a two-team race for that coveted number one draft pick. Yeah, uh, I, I think right now Wentz continues to prove his point, or not his point, but he continues to prove the he needs to be an MVP talks. And not that, again, his numbers were great here, but he efficiently moved the offense down. They used LeGarrette Blunt when they needed to, and the defense did their thing and, and was effective against a C.J. Beathard who I don't know what Kyle Shanahan sees in him or saw in him at all, but 
I guess he made the right decision, right? Because they wound up getting Garoppolo and they didn't have to go get into this draft class of quarterbacks where, yeah, a lot of them are, are highly touted right now, but we don't know. You know, for every Deshaun Watson, you get uh, other guys that are drafted in the first round. I don't think we know enough about Trubisky right now to say anything about him, but like all those guys could pan out. They might not, but you know, for every Deshaun, you get a lot more Deshaun Cotter than you get Deshaun Watsons or even guys like Dak Prescott that you take in the fourth round. So I think this is a a good move for the 49ers, but at least now you have uh, eight more games to try to figure all this out. Eight more games, see if you've got your franchise guy or where you need to go for next year. Because the Niners knew they get a free pass for this year, even if they go 0-16. That's what exactly what everybody expected. Next year, 18, 19, 20, that's where San Francisco's really got to prove their mettle. Yep, certainly. Uh, but uh, the Eagles just keep rolling on. And we will roll on to the next game. I guess we should talk about the other end of that trade so we can end the trade and other stuff talk here. The Patriots, you mentioned them earlier. The Chargers gave the Patriots one heck of a game. Again, the defense. Joey Bosa, I think, has some kind of... I, f- I forgot what it was. He has some kind of record with sacks uh, that I I saw and I can't uh, remember at the moment when I was watching part of that game. But it's amazing. Oh, he has as many sacks as he has games played. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a guy that, again, it's crazy that everybody was knocking. I mean, us included, Randy and I and, and Gary, when that was going on, were saying, come on, dudes, just stop being a prima donna and sign the damn contract. You're a rookie. <laughs> he held out, and look what he's doing. Look what he does all the time, uh, making making plays and being a force. Uh, the biggest play I think that stands out is a uh, football folly, though. Travis Benjamin, how do you catch a punt return, go backwards all the way to the end zone, and then get tackled for a safety? Now, keep in mind, this wasn't a catch at the one. This wasn't a catch at the two. This wasn't even a catch at the five. Travis Benjamin caught this at the 11-yard line. It takes effort to run backwards 13 yards. Keep that in mind, folks. Effort. Amazing. Just amazing to me. I get it. You know, Charles Benjamin's fast. He proved it on that 24-yard touchdown. My God, it was like he zoomed past everybody. It was a blink. But <laughs> you got to be more safe than sorry. Even if you would have gone down, at the, like knelt down at the one, you would have made things better for the Chargers at that point. Because, really? hey, you that two-point conversion, that, that changes the entire game because on that final drive, all you need is a field goal. And not to mention, even if, not just someone's kneeling down at the one, if you catch it, you know you're going backwards, fall down. Fall down. 
you're still inside the 10 regardless, but your offense has some life. You were gaining some sort of momentum at that point. Fall backwards. Don't run. Melvin Gordon gets 87 yards of his 132 on a big, long run that opens the scoring. Gronk gets a touchdown, but Chargers defense, i got to give them credit, holding the Patriots the rest of the way to field goals. And Guskowski missed a couple as well. So, and, for uh, every, and for everybody that's talking about Joey Bosa, guess who you'd also have to deal with in a couple of years? Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, saying. And then once again, in true Chargers fashion, a Philip Rivers interception on the final play ends everything. I, I didn't think that they were going to have a chance on that play or anything, but goodness, <laughs> you can't you can't get any more like this for the Chargers. It's just amazing to me. Now's the time where people need to think about retirement. I don't. I think he, I get it. He's frustrated and everything. That's just got to be ultimately frustrating for Philip Rivers to just go through this. And every time you're losing uh, this way, the Patriots once again escape with a. Or I wouldn't say escape. Brady had a good game. No, and, I would still say escape because Brady had a good game, but he also got hit again and again and again. Folks, just keep hitting him, and I'll be happy. Well, that offensive line, you know. It's not. It's been one of the worst ones for that team. Let lately. them be a steel sieve lined in Swiss cheese. My life will be complete. A steel sieve for a sieve. lot of Swiss cheese. Yes. Not a steel trap, but a steel sieve lined with Swiss cheese. Done. Good and porous. Since we didn't talk about this before, so let's say, let's say Garoppolo did play in this game against the Cardinals, okay? Uh, you'd probably think with a Drew Stanton against C.J. Beathard, <laughs> 49ers might actually win that one. But okay, here's here's the rest of their schedule. Uh, it, tell me what do you think the 49ers record is the West or how many of these games they win with Garoppolo okay home oh they have three straight home games too by the way oh they have a bye in there as well so the Cardinals Giants the bye Seahawks all at home you have the Bears away Texans away Titans at home Jaguars at home and then the Rams away to end the season on New Year's Eve Holy crap, they could win three games. They could win three games. They could win four. Who do you Cardinals. see as the four? They could be the Cardinals, the Bears, the Titans, and the Giants. Yeah, the only reason why I only counted three was because I'm not counting the Cardinals just yet. Still think they can beat them. I. But, 
I don't know. Even as bad as Drew Stanton is, CJ and, Stroud. And considering the, we don't know where the Jaguars are going to be at that point. Oh no, the Jaguars. Yeah. No, the Jaguars is that game in San Francisco? Yes. Then the Jaguars are going to win. Done. It is an East Coast to West Coast trip, though. But it's not Jacksonville. How many times do I have? I to know. Play? I know what you're saying. But still, it's uh, East Coast look, I, teams I, actually do better on the West Coast than West teams going East. <laughs> I do think we need to be careful about just hyping up Garoppolo and saying automatically the 49ers are going to be better. I think he makes Pierre Garçon a heck of a lot better. Marquise Goodwin a heck of a lot better. Uh, the running game will benefit by from having a what you think is a a uh, better quarterback back there. But again, this is a guy that Patriots system, different deal than going out there and now playing for the 49ers with a different team, with an offensive line that's not very good, having to deal with that for the really for the first time uh, since, you know, backing up Brady and everything. And and we saw what happened. The The, the Patriots had a much better team last year than they do this year. So, how much of that is a benefit? I think we got to be careful before we start just automatically penciling in the 49ers to do things. Just, I I would say if the 49ers only get three wins, but Garoppolo plays well, I think you're safe in not drafting a QB in one of the high rounds if you're 49ers. I com- I completely concur. Give Garoppolo. I, I just think people are going to be like overhyped here and thinking Garoppolo is going to go out there. They're going to win all eight games or whatever. You got to be. No. Yeah. That's why. That's why I easily say with him, even with him being with the team, they can go three and five. And if you have him penciled in as your starter, he can go three and four. I say you maybe get a quarterback fifth, sixth round. But give Garoppolo a full season to see if he can begin that development into being your franchise guy. If he can, then you're just fine. Well, I forgot there was another trade uh, that happened uh, as well. It happened earlier in the, the week, so uh, I we hadn't talked about it yet. I almost forgot about it, actually. But the Buffalo Bills, uh, they went in at home taking care of the Oakland Raiders. They made Derek Carr look bad in that game. Uh, And they went and traded away Marcel Darius to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just keep getting richer on that side of the ball. I don't understand how this keeps happening, but the Jaguars continue to just add and add and add to that defense. Uh, They were off this week, but... Sean... It's yeah. not – there's only hurricane season for another month. The weather isn't too cold yet, so you can still enjoy the beach and everything, and we don't have state tax. And by the way, it ain't Buffalo. I agree I, with it. I'm not saying that that's – from a state standpoint, yeah, is, is Florida better? Okay. But, I mean, I'm talking about the – the Jags just—it's crazy how they're able to pull off these these moves to just keep getting better and better on defense. 
we're finally showing a little bit of competence, and it's working. Thank you, Tom Coughlin. Hey, he's he's doing it here. He's he's working well. But yes, uh, the Bills' defense once again look very very good here. Uh, they force a fumble, a forty-yard fumble return. Uh, the Bills force four turnovers, including two interceptions for Derek Carr. It's, it's, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. The Oakland has not, they, they locked down Amari Cooper, um, in this one. And it showed Andre Holmes revenge game here. He got a touchdown, 50 yards on the Raiders. LaShawn McCoy goes off for 151 yards. That's pretty much how you know the Bills win. Right, Eric? The defense does what they need to do, Mm -hmm. and Shady gets his. Shady gets his. Defense gets theirs. Tyrod Taylor does a little bit better than not screwing it up. Boom. 34-14. That's their magic formula, and that's why they're 5-2. Yeah, it wasn't even close. It was 27-7. Entering the fourth quarter, this is after Tyrod Taylor scored, ran in a touchdown to make it so pretty much in the opening of the fourth. Oakland tried with that DeAndre with that long drive, and then DeAndre Washington kind of running it in, but wasn't happening on this evening. Raiders still managed to get more yards than Buffalo, but those turnovers absolutely killed them. And uh, that's what Buffalo's been doing this year. They have been winning games when you think they shouldn't. And they've been doing it a total team effort everywhere on the field, on all sides of the ball. Hauska put in field goals. I mentioned the fumble return for a touchdown, forcing turnovers, and and the offense doing its thing. I mean, definite. they're undefeated at home, even, Eric. I mean... Undefeated at home, and we're at Halloween. It's not even cold yet in Western New York. Think about that. And they have a nice schedule, too. They have the Jets on Thursday, which, considering how this has been going, oh, easily. The old Christmas tree. The Christmas tree game, yes, or the red and green crayon game. Uh, the You get the Chargers. Then you get the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then the Patriots. So after that, the schedule kind of gets nicer. But yeah, still, but I mean. You still go 2-2 two and two in those games. And all of a sudden, you're 7-4. 7-4. Yeah. Four. The the Bills would have to do a lot, I think, at this point, not to be in contention for the wild card or outright get a wild card, uh, because they they are they have beaten teams that they you think they shouldn't beat. Now they lost to the Bengals when they shouldn't have, uh, but honestly, they've been in every game this season. The defense has been at the top of the league. Uh, McCoy is is back to being himself, and Tyrod Taylor. Even though he hasn't had like gaudy numbers or anything like that, he's being efficient and doing what he needs to do. And here everybody was saying, oh, again, we need to start a rookie at quarterback. And 
they're proving it. And this was even without Charles Clay, uh, like no name receivers. I mean, it's it's amazing what this this team's been able to do uh, with uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah, I, I at this point I can't be anything except impressed. I think you have to be considering Sean McDermott needs to be one of the top contenders for coach of the year if this keeps on for Buffalo. Easily. Honestly. Easily. Him, uh, the throne. Yeah, Doug, uh, Sean McVay. Quite a few uh, others in that conversation. I mentioned the Colts earlier. I I don't know what to do anymore with these Colts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett throws a really bad interception that gets returned for a touchdown. How on earth? Do you just do that at that point? And the Bengals win by one. Uh, this game was a fight, honestly, but it's just... I, I just and, I don't even know if you feeling bad for them is, is something anymore. because. And this is why Andrew Luck's going to be shut down for the season and T.Y. Hilton's probably going to go bye-bye. Wouldn't be surprised that either one... I honestly think Jacoby Brissett is better than these losses keep indicating. Just he makes bonehead plays. Then he really isn't and, better. No, but this happens. Like, rookies, or he's not really a rookie, but like... <laughs> uh, no, not a rookie. No, but he's not a rookie, but it's like this is his first season. He's not, he's not in New England. This is what happens. Right, but he's better than this keeps indicating. I mean, he still throws uh, two touchdowns. He, he he completes more than half his passes. Uh, I think one of the 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 only turnover does come on the dumb interception. But I, I still feel like look, he's he's also helping put this team in these games. So. I don't think you can just go and say, okay, Jacoby Brissett's awful and, and and all that stuff. I mean, Jack Doyle had his career day, 121 yards and a touchdown. I mean, just honestly, the Colts should have won this game. There's there's no if and buts about it. It, it was a back and forth game. Uh, Andy Dalton and and, uh, and Jacoby Brissett were, were going back and forth getting – touchdowns and field goals and whatnot, but just amazing that this interception. And the thing is, with this interception return, it happens with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it shell-shocked that team after that because it's just they couldn't do anything after they'd been really just moving it the way they wanted to. For Seb, when he makes a major mistake, he tends to shut down. This was another shining example. Yeah, I think you got to give the Bengals credit again for coming back and winning and keeping themselves relevant. Sort of, yeah, relevant, sort of in contention still. But I, I think also what's important is you involve Joe Mixon more in the offense. He caught the ball 
And it didn't get a lot of carries, but they were at least throwing to him. He almost got 100 yards receiving. So that's that's a positive. You need to do that. He needs to be more involved. Uh, the offense is sort of sort of still getting it together. You get A.J. Green with the touchdown. That's what you need. But I, I still feel like the Colts lost this one more than the Bengals won it. But Yeah, they really did. But still, that organization right now is a total mess. It's showing. And there's going to be a lot of house cleaning at the end of this season. All right, so we I think aside that runs us for teams that are not involved in news. So we're gonna get through the rest of these kind of uh, in quick fashion. The Vikings go into Twickenham Stadium, uh, get better in the the second half. Case Keenum throws for two touchdowns. Go ahead. I was awake and the Browns were actually competitive. I thought I was in the twilight zone. Yeah. Uh, they scored 13 points in that first half and were winning uh, to go into halftime. But then the second half, they could only muster three points. Not going to win with that. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe the fact that with the time change, it took a couple hours to catch up to them. The fact that they were the Browns. Yeah, certainly. I think the Vikings sort of were sleepwalking through that first half. Uh, but Jarek McKinnon had a heck of a day uh, as well. Keeps being that guy that in the backfield that has a Latavius Murray, uh, the guy that you count on for the Vikings. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Case Keenum, though. You know, he keeps winning games for the Vikings, and Mike Zimmer comes after the game and says he hopes that he can make a decision, meaning that he hopes that Bridgewater is healthy so he can make a decision after the bye week to have Bridgewater be the quarterback. And I also saw that Kyle Sloter preseason for the Broncos. Oh, my God. What? You don't show the guy warming up on the sidelines. You don't tease people like that, especially at 11 on a Sunday morning. They were well ahead at that point. But I'm just saying he's there. He's there. At least the Browns didn't sit Deshaun Kaiser. No. This week. No. It didn't make a difference, and they actually scored points, unlike a team that got shut out 40 to nothing, which, oh, my God. How? Oh, God. The whole whole thing that kind of sums up the Browns is you get a 71-yard kick return, Uh and then you miss the field goal. Yep. And that, ladies uh, and gentlemen, is why Cleveland, the first team in nearly a quarter century to start 0-8 back-to-back years. Yep. Sad. I I don't even know whether to be sad. But, hey, Hugh Jackson's (laughs) Hugh Jackson's job is not on the line at all. 
No, he's going to get another year, and who knows? He could finally pass Tom Cotite as having the worst three-year span by a head coach in NFL history. That's saying something. Certainly, the Vikings keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, winning games, the defense is playing well. And again, I, I look, Case Keenum isn't some kind of world beater, but he's he's getting you wins. He's managing the game. And I, I get it, Teddy Bridgewater was always supposed to be the starting quarterback, so if that's what you want to do as a as a team, do it. But he's winning. So I feel like it sucks to say to make him lose his job. He He's winning, and they're able to drop the Game of Thrones reference. The Vikings are kings of the north. That they are. Uh, also didn't help the Lions. Even though they were really close here, the Lions were competitive in this game. Third most yards on offense in NFL history. For a team not to score a touchdown. Yep. That's downright sad. And you have three second half red zone opportunities. And you don't put it in. I... No, you don't. And then on the other side, you got Juju Smith-Schuster pretty much reminding Martavius Bryant, hey, if you shut up and you actually play, you could do this too. Yep, 97 yards uh, on a touchdown catch and run, and then he also had heck of a lot more to put on that. Finished with seven receptions, 193 yards on the day. Goodness me. Hey, at least he, they found his bicycle, and... They found his bicycle. He was very smart in avoiding the Mia Khalifa trap. I, 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 I'm on Team Juju, <laughs> even yeah, though he USC. He, uh, I mean, he even locked it up afterwards smartly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know they found the guy that stole his bike. So exactly. Now the yeah. next step is to get your driver's license. Now he can play that Mike Tyson uh, punch out theme song while he rides his bike home the next day. So, uh, hey, it's pretty appropriate. They found the, you know, and everything. So, uh, so I, 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 it's, I do think you got to give a lot of credit to the Pittsburgh's, uh, defense. They were everywhere just being a pest for Stafford and, uh, you know, Stafford does lead the league in stacks taken. So that isn't, that doesn't help either. So, but yeah, I just I think the Steelers came in here. They won a game that they could have lost. Uh, if the if the the Lions figure out how to do have better play calling on the goal line, which that was a problem. I was like, why do you pass? Then you get a penalty that forces you backwards. Then you have to fight through that. It's like just run the ball. Oh wait, you don't have a running back that can actually just run forward, so that's a problem. No, and they got caught into the hype that the fact that Eric Ebron learned how to catch again. Yeah. Even though he says he doesn't care if he gets traded by Tuesday, so we'll see <laughs> if if that happens. 
Wow, so you either stay in Detroit where you get a Bronx cheer or you do get... Okay, Eric. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was smart. So last week, the Panthers beat the Bucks. The Saints continue and, and go on. They are now on a five-game win streak after they beat the Bears. Without a touchdown pass from Drew Brees and Zach Miller... Ow. Uh, that's awful. Ow. But the good news is, so far, it looks like there was a possibility they didn't even have to consider amputation. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, he dislocated his kneecap on a touchdown that was, I think, wrongfully cons- called back. He was having to think about a freaking dislocated kneecap at that point. And he might have dropped the ball. Uh, well, it was one of those that went out and back in. Yeah, just a little unfair to the guy. But, yeah, I thought Trubisky looked better in this game. He finally figured out that he could run the ball, which that's one of the things that he was good at at North Carolina. And, yeah, they they opened it up for him a little bit more. But I still feel like there's a lot left to do there. Saints are just looking good in this defense. I feel like I'm finally sold on them now. They, they're they not relying on Drew Brees throwing for 5,000 yards in a season. That's dangerous, especially with this NFC South. Yeah, and since we're talking about the NFC South, Atlanta Falcons get a win. Uh, Ending their three-game losing streak, this was not uh, a very pretty game. There was rain everywhere. Matt Ryan lost three fumbles on snap exchanges. Uh, That was two turnovers in this game, and then he failed a two-point conversion. Uh, You saw Austin Hooper with drops. He had drops in places for Atlanta. Then the Jets go and have the Jets' typical... We're giving up the game, giving up the game. Oh, we have a shot to to win it. Oh, no, interception. And, and not just that, but they have another shot. And then Jets going to Jets, false start, 10-second runoff, game over. <laughs> just a way to end. <laughs> just the perfect Jets way to end the game. How frustrating yeah. is that? Oh, hey, we're going to do something. No, false star. We don't even get to run the play. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was an interesting week, surely. And then, of course, this Monday certainly helped a lot of things. Uh, we, we, started off and... with, we started off with a 40 to nothing shutout and hands on a quarterback's throat. And we finished with a half-decent game. I'll take that. Yeah. And... Uh, We'll see if Tuesday provides any kind of interesting talk for us on Thursday. That's when we'll be back, previewing the next week's action, as well as also discussing the Bills and Jets game that will have happened that night. If you heard, if you liked what you heard here, look, I, li- I know that I've been messaged uh, that uh, we are not paying as much attention to these games and not talking about them deeply enough we're kind of generalizing and and whatever but 
Listen, I work on Mondays now. When I used to be able to do this, I was off on a Monday, and I could sit there and watch all those games in one day. Uh, Eric also works during the week, so it's very hard for him to watch anything that we both don't get to watch on. I've been off lately on Sunday, so I have been able to watch Red Zone and kind of just keep attention through that and then just listening to things and, and reading stats and whatever. But, yeah, sorry that we haven't been able to just go deep dive uh, like a lot of people wanted us to the first year we did this. But, hey, real life happens. Uh, things happen. I'm about to have to be looking for a job after December. So, you know, who Not knows? Mention, we've also got other sports with other playoffs that we're talking about as well. So, yeah. It, it- Particularly busy sports calendar for us at W2M Network. Oh, certainly. I, well, soccer just never ends. So <laughs> that's just that's a whole year thing, uh, regardless of whether you're talking about MLS or internationals and, and everything else. So, uh, But, yes, if you want to hear us talk about that, soccer to the max, or, or you want to hear me on the wrestling to the max, or Eric and I jump in. Uh, on the kickoff or whatever, you can subscribe to that W2M Network uh, on podcasts anywhere, including Alexa uh, talking systems where you just tell Alexa, hey, listen to Spreaker, play W2M Network, and then it will pop up all the shows that we have there and you get to choose. Or just say, hey, play football to the max or whatever, and you'll it'll play our latest episode that you just heard here. If you like it that much, hit subscribe. Go hit us up and hit five stars on those reviews or whatever you think is fair. Uh, always nice on the, you know, hearing con- constructive criticism from people. Uh, very much appreciated. And if you want to just be rude, I guess you could do that too, right? So, <laughs> but either way, for Eric and for myself, we'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so much and uh, see you later, everybody. Peace. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.